the wolves decide to howl in LA. Ow! Plus, the Knicks get hosed by a tough call in Houston. And, well, the Bucks might finally be getting it together under Doc Rivers. Plus, is Trey Young going to be a Laker? All that and more on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily source for all things NBA from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your lives. Appreciate you guys being with us and being an everyday or joining us all throughout the week with our various hosts, whether it's me and David Ramil tonight on Tuesday's show, or if you're catching us uh, with John Corrales and Jake Madison or Path of Designer Nick Angstat. Wes Goldberg, Adam Morris, we're glad to have you with us. Oh, and can't forget Jackson Gatlin with a variety of guests on the Monday show. On today's show, we'll talk about the Wolves and how they absolutely demolish the Clippers inside as they sign of where the league has gone and how Ty Lue needs to adjust. We'll talk about Victor Webb and Yama absolutely just dominating the Toronto Raptors, one of his best games as a pro. The Bucks run the Nuggets out. The Knicks... Stage a furious comeback only to get hit with uh, what the, even the officials thought was a bad call. Later on, we'll talk about the question of whether or not Trey Young's going to wind up with the Lakers or, or mm. the Spurs. And uh, Mitch, there's some changes going on in Charlotte's front office. All that and more on today's show. My name is Matt Moore. I'm a senior NBA writer for the Action Network, co-host of Locked on Nuggets. I'm joined by David Ramil. He's co-host of Locked on Heat. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, we got lots to get to tonight, David. Let's start with the nightcap because it was the most relevant game for standings with the Western Conference number one seed on the line. As the Minnesota Timberwolves go in to crypto.com and absolutely demolish the Clippers in the second half wolves had a, had a good lead in the first half clippers make a furious run james harden hits a buzzer beater at the half it seems like all the momentum is turning and then in the second half the wolves absolutely beasted inside it was a dominant performance by the size and physicality that the wolves bring to the table yeah that third quarter was explosive from minnesota's end doubles doubling up 40 points to 19 on just the Clippers side of things and uh, the power inside from Rudy Gobert just controlling things defensively, making things so much more difficult for the Clippers. They were clearly outmatched from a, a size perspective there. And they were without a, a fully healthy Zubac. Obviously, he was a little bit limited as he continues to come back from injury. He's still rounding into form. Uh, they were a little limited. Mason Plumlee getting some minutes too instead of Daniel Tice. So I, I don't know. It, it was just a... Uh, well, listen, the Wolves are good. You've been talking about this all year. You've been high on the Wolves all season long. We talked about the Clippers last week. We talked about Kawhi Leonard as an MVP candidate. I still think he deserves some consideration for what he's been able to accomplish this season. But this is just two really good teams going at it, and Minnesota just kind of overpowering the Clippers, who are you know a very good team, but just lack the size to be able to match up with the Timberwolves, just as many teams have this season. So the Clippers, uh, the Wolves only shoot 11 of 34 from three-point range. They only hit 11 threes, but they shoot 52% from the field. 
Yeah. Uh, Anthony Edwards missed all of his three-pointers, but made went seven for seven inside the arc for 23 points. Carl Anthony Towns chipped in with 24. They get a, a good uh, number from the from the bench, but the big number in this one is that points in the paint figure. They outscored them in the points in the paint in this one, 64 to 42. Woo! 22 point advantage in points in the paint. Look, Tyler's not playing. He, he didn't play a lot of no big lineups tonight. He may have gotten in there a little bit with some of them, but it is a lot of like Zubach and the four wings or Tice and the four wings. He didn't experiment the way that Chicago did last week where they started Andre Drummond next to Nikola Vucevic when they played Minnesota and got a win. The Clippers, and to me, this is a Ty Lue thing. Lou did this last year where he's like, no, no, no. Like our best ball is like five guards. Right. It is not 2018 anymore. My man, like the league has evolved past small ball being the answer to everything. When Lou was really dominant, when he, when he won the title with the Cavaliers and even going back to 2021, when that Clippers team probably makes the finals, if Kawhi Leonard doesn't get hurt versus um, Utah, the solution then was always go small, go small, go small. If you go small, you win the series. First team to go small wins. That's just not where we're at anymore. And Minnesota, John Krasinski of the Athletic had a really good tweet about this, about how that's like the model for what they right. want to do is they stay big and they force you to adjust to them. Um, if the Clippers are going to stay small and they're going to play these wings, they're going to need to do better than nine to 28 from three. And that's on both ends of, they shot fewer threes than the Wolves, and they made fewer threes than the Wolves. Both of those numbers are concerning, in part because the Clippers want to get dribble penetration and kick out to shooters. They right. can't do that versus Minnesota's excellent perimeter defense, especially with Rudy Gobert working the back line. He was sensational tonight on both ends. So yeah. this, to me, is a th is something that Ty Lue's going to have to make adjustments to and get used to the fact you can't just go small and spread the floor on folks anymore. The league has evolved past that, I think. That's yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's a good point on Minnesota's defense, but I'm just not sure that the Clippers have the personnel to counter that either. Like, well, would you replace man Terrence Mann in the starting lineup with Daniel Tice and go yes. double big? I just don't see. I mean, Tice can stretch the floor, is much more of a low post guy. I, I don't I don't know how that's going to really necessarily. I mean, I guess you could get some sort of edge in the rebounding front a little bit, get those second chance scoring opportunities again, kick it out to wide open shooters, but if they're not knocking those down because of Minnesota's perimeter defense, I don't know how much more of a help that's going to be to the Clippers. Like it's, it's certainly an adjustment. And I, I think it's one that Lou has to make. I'm just not sure how productive it'll be if they wind up going with that double big lineup. Wolves go to two and zero versus the Clippers. They clinch at least a split of season series tiebreaker. Uh, they do face the Wolves. The Clippers face the Wolves two more times, so they can mm. tie this. That could wind up being very interesting late in the season, especially with the race for the Northwest Division. Because if it goes two two, guess what? Division winner gets that tiebreak, and we'll see how that one shakes out. The Wolves in a good position to get tiebreaker outright if they can win one of the next two. Uh, elsewhere, let's go to the New York Knicks. So. The Knicks obviously injured. No Julius Randle, no OG Anobi, no Mitchell Robinson. They were banged up on the road versus the Houston Rockets. Went down big, staged a furious comeback to get back into this one. Um, Jericho Sims, no Isaiah Hartenstein tonight. Jericho yep. Sims starts at center. The Rockets get Alperin Shangun, who is questionable. He he plays in this one. No Fred Van Vliet for them, though. 
Um, Rockets live for the duration, but the Wolves, the Knicks make a furious comeback. They block a Houston game tying attempt, and then the ball just flips out to Aaron Holiday, who just hoists up a shot. Jalen Brunson makes a desperation closeout on him. Doesn't make uh, doesn't make a lot of contact. You could actually argue that Aaron moved his arm into him, yeah. and it's ruled a foul on the lower body. Three shots because it was a shot attempt from Aaron Holiday at the buzzer, and the Rockets win 105-103. After the game, Ed Malloy in the pool report admits. This is what we thought it was. This is what it looked like. We thought there was contact on the body. Looking at the post-game video, there was marginal contact and the foul should not have been called. I want to credit Ed Malloy here, which like my favorite, one of my favorite calls ever is Wolves announcers going, go Ed Malloy. Like Ed's, Ed's got a, a reputation, but they screwed up. They made a mistake. That's it. Yep. Like they missed a call. And it's, and it's a regular season game in a non-conference situation. I understand the Knicks are fighting for their lives here in the playoff race. I get it, but it happened. And also, like, I'll just say this. I personally, like when I first saw it, I was like, that's got to be a foul. It's like a reckless closeout by yep. Brunson. That's it. And that's also, it. Exactly. And I'm just kind of like, Jalen, look, why are you doing? Why are you leaping into him with both arms up yeah. in that situation when you've got a shot yeah. at overtime? You got to have better awareness. Yeah, you're six feet tall. You're not blocking the shot, dude. Like, I, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, Jalen Brunson is fantastic. A hell of a player. Really smart. Really good decisions. 95% of the time. That 5% cost the Knicks the win tonight. It wasn't Ed Malloy's screw up. And yeah, Knicks fans are going to harp on that. I totally understand yeah. that perspective. But that doesn't take away from the fact that Brunson made a huge mistake there. Like, that was unnecessary. He could have closed out hard without having to jump into Holiday's body and initiate whatever marginal contact there might have been. It was totally unnecessary. He was fading away from like 40 feet out, and he didn't even shoot the ball. He kind of just like chucked it one arm sideways at the hoop, and it had a chance of almost going in. So I understand the perspective of you want to guard these guys when they're taking those kinds of shots, but it was the probability of that shot falling was so minimal, and he wound up making a huge mistake that wound up costing him. So it's just a a tough break for the Knicks, but they'll bounce back considering the injuries and everything yeah. else like that. Like everybody's limping into the all-star break at this point. They just want that break and the Knicks are going to be able to be just fine. Like it was a bad call. No doubt. And I like fans <laughs> have a right to be choice. mad about bad calls that cost them games. I totally, yep. I, I totally understand. But also Jalen, just, just, just let Aaron holiday try and beat you. <laughs> Make Aaron holiday beat you. Uh, Jalen. All right. On the other side, Victor Wamanyama dominates the Bucks. get revenge on the Nuggets, and we'll hit the rest of the games around the association. We'll do that when we return on Locked On NBA. Right now, I'll tell you about prize picks. It's demon time on prize picks. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts and you can now win up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks. Prize picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return, the player projection won't count against you. And the rest of your entry stays live. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. And they now offer Apple Pay for quick and easy to deposit into your account this basketball season. 
Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked on NBA. Back here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for being with us on a Tuesday. Matt Moore and David Ramil with you recapping the games from Monday. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and let's head on out and uh, let's check out Toronto because, man, so I, I've been, uh, David, I've, I've been patient with the Victor Wembanyama experience. I, like, I've seen a lot of his games. I've watched a lot of his clips. I knew Victor coming in from, like, watching the overseas stuff um, with his team last year. But, like, I haven't allowed myself to, like, I'm like, we're going to watch this guy for a long time. So when you can't watch all of the games every single night, you can make some choices. I decided to catch this one, and, man, am I glad I did. Victor Wemanyama versus the Raptors, 27 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 10 blocks, and was a plus 20 as the Spurs demolished the Raptors. 12299. Uh look, Raptors obviously in a pretty tough spot, but this was Jakob Pertle, NBA veteran. They've actually added a little bit of size lately with Kelly Olinick. When Banyama was everywhere. It was like it was like block, pick the ball up the floor, catch it, assist, go back down, block it again, run down the court, get the rebound. Like so hit it three. It was nuts. It was absolute demo. Like this is what he was hyped as. And it was really incredible to watch. There were just so many sequences where the Raptors could not do anything on their, on their drives because of women Yama's presence. Like this is the future for the San Antonio Spurs is what they got from Victor women Yama tonight. Phenomenal performance from him. Uh, he clearly pulled away. I think as the rookie of the year too. Like I, I know it was debatable earlier on, uh, between him and Chet Holmgren, but I think uh, that's cooled off a little bit. Wimanyama has continued to just find his groove, and tonight's performance, I think, really cemented that from anybody who's got any lingering doubts. Sure, there's a lot of the season left, and it's not knock on Chet Holmgren, obviously, but I think Wimanyama continues to establish himself as a legitimate dominant presence, even as a rookie and a young rookie at that, and one who's going to be impacting the NBA for a long, long time, considering the way he played tonight. The uh, Denver Nuggets are in a little bit of a slump here. So they got they, they get this big win versus the Lakers on Kobe statue night. <laughs> and then they're on a back-to-back, and the Kings house them. Okay, fine. Schedule loss, whatever. But then they go to Milwaukee after beating Milwaukee earlier in Denver. And this was – so the, I started with, like, the Nuggets are in a little bit of a slump. I want to give the, the Bucks a lot of credit here. Yep. Those that follow that team have kind of been like, they look a lot better since Doc showed up and everyone's like, but the record, like they've been losing, but it's like, they look more organized. They look more together. They look, look a lot, a lot more like the bucks now. And this was a really dominant performance on both ends. Um, in particular, how about this, this line from, from Giannis on and Kumpo 36 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, 
three steals, two blocks, just two turnovers, plus 18, 14 of 19 from the field. He was hitting mid-range shots. He absolutely ran through Aaron Gordon. The Nuggets yep. are gas, and they're trying to get to the to the All-Star break. Like, this is that time of year. We're three days away from All-Star break. Teams are checking out. That, to me, is a lot of this with Denver. But Denver's got a lot of blowouts in their recent schedule. They got blown out by the Knicks. They got blown out um, by the Kings. They got blown out by the Bucks. A um, little bit of a slide for them and for the Bucks, who are finally home off that West Coast road trip when they made the coaching change. This, I, I think the Bucks are about to take off, and I think that they're going to – they're not going to push the Celtics for the one seed because the Celtics have one of the easiest remaining schedules even though they only have 14 losses. Um, so they're not going to catch the Celtics, but I do expect the Milwaukee Bucks to finish with the two seed. I think they're about to rattle off a bunch of wins, and this was a good start for them. Yeah, it, the only thing is, I wonder it doesn't. I wonder what the statistics show. You probably might know this better than I do. Uh, leading into the All-Star break, if you build this kind of momentum and then wind up taking a week or so off, does it hinder that momentum? Can you continue to build off that historically? How is that projected? Because I'm just curious to see now that they're getting into that groove and obviously Doc and Giannis are going to be at the all-star break in Indianapolis and everything else like that. But do you think that they can recapture whatever lightning they currently have and bring it back and, and capture it back again in the bottle after the all-star break? This is anecdotal. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'll say that um, I, from an anecdotal standpoint, my experience is it actually helps because okay. they'll get to practice. Like yep. think about how valuable that is for installing the stuff the doc wants to install. Yeah, fine tuning. Yeah, sure. They can't do much in terms of install. Like they're not going to install all of doc stuff. They're still going to have to kind of piece it together, but at least doc could be like, all right, let's work on some principles. All right, let's get in the gym and let's actually figure some stuff out. They haven't had a chance to do that. They've been on the road. So, yep. you know, that practice time is really valuable. I think for all teams, but in my experience, you see these teams kind of reconfigure before the all-star break, whether it's trades or in this case, a coaching change, get the all-star break, have that time, and then be able to reconfigure as well as you get rested and healthy, hopefully getting Chris Middleton back off the ankle sprain. Um, he didn't play tonight um, and, and get themselves back in line. Contavious Caldwell-Pope for the Nuggets only plays nine minutes and 20 seconds because uh, he had a uh, hamstring coming in and he re-aggravated it. Now he's out again, or he had an ankle coming in and then aggravated his hamstring. Um, he only plays nine minutes. Jokic goes for 29 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists, Minus 16. They couldn't even scratch the surface because nobody else was able to show up for the Nuggets whatsoever. Bucks defense was much better in this one. Um, how about before we go to break? Um, let's hit oh, – I'm looking at all the options we got. Oh, let's talk about the Warriors. Warriors are over 500. They get the win in Utah. So Utah has been one of the best home court teams in the league this season. They've been absolutely dominant. The Warriors do it again. Steph Curry was a plus 30. He finishes with 25 points on 19 shots. Clay Thompson adds 26. Uh, Draymond Green's a plus 11 with a 12-10-8 to his mm -hmm. mark. How about Jonathan Kaminga adding 14? All five starters for the for the Warriors in double figures. They got seven guys total. The Jazz defense couldn't do anything with this Warriors team. They put up a huge number, 129-107. I will ask you this, David. How much of a threat in the West are the Golden State Warriors if they're able to keep this momentum going? I think they're a legitimate threat. I think they can wind up you know, maybe even getting out of the play-in tournament. But even still, like, I don't think that they're a team that any Western Conference team wants to face. Like, I mean, obviously, they'd have their mismatch problems with Minnesota or the Clippers or anything like that. But I, I think, by and large, though, considering 
Steph Curry and the volatile nature of his scoring and what he's able to do out there and the leadership and everything else, I, I think he could probably – I mean, they're a threat. They're, I, I, I see them as such. I, that's why I was never worried about them. Like, I mean, I remember months ago talking about, you know, though they're going through a tough stretch and, yeah, they look shaky and everything else like that. But they've bounced back pretty well, and, and I think that was pretty – likely to happen considering you know the personnel and everything they've experienced it, it seems i'll be honest look it, they did look like they were on the last gasp there and we've seen this with dynasties before where they just can't seem to muster the energy to try and find a way to win in the middle of the regular season and everything else like that but they've gotten a burst and i think kaminga has provided a huge boost to return to draymond it's all working out steph playing you know like steph I, they're as good a team as any right now, and I think they've got as good chance of any of probably getting out of the Western Conference. I know that it might seem ridiculous considering where they were a couple of months ago, but that's the way I see it. On the other side, we've got some news to get to. The Hornets make a change in their front office. And is it possible that it won't be DeJounte Murray that the Hawks wind up trading this summer, but another one of their guards? We'll talk about that up next on Locked On NBA. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, therapy can be different for everybody. And sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today I want to say how I really feel about something. Um, and you might even be saying the same thing about this week. So um, I had a... I, my dad had a had to have a heart check, um, and he was really scared. Uh, my dad had a heart had a heart attack, a triple bypass back in 2016, and it scared the life out of him. And he made a lot of like really good changes, but he's kind of left with a lot of trauma from that. And he was really worried, so I had to make like an emergency trip uh, to my folks um, to see them in Arkansas. I met them in Little Rock, and then we I had to drive them back because my mom um, has some health issues and she's not able to drive. Um, so I'm back in my old hometown and there's like just this weight of nostalgia there. Like this, sure. this overwhelming weight of being back where I grew up and all the memories that I have of, of friends and situations and all this kind of stuff. And it was a lot for me, honestly, to kind of deal with while I'm in the middle of an NBA season. I've got, I'm going to all-star this week and it just felt like a lot. And so like, if this is a really great time for therapy to be able to just kind of talk through those things and unload some of that. So like sometimes your internal stuff is what winds up packing that baggage on you. And sometimes life just hands you situations where you've got that baggage with you and you need to be able to process that. And therapy is a great way to do that and to do it in a healthy manner so that you can do better. Uh, most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. We'll be right back on LockedOnNBA. Final segment here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us on um, Tuesday. Uh, tomorrow, John Corrales and Jake Madison uh, will get you caught up on all the games from Tuesday as well as the news and the associations. Speaking of, let's start here. 
Uh, David, so I reported over the Action Network back in January this thing that I heard. Uh, I heard it from several people that while the Hawks were evaluating all the stuff for DeJounte Murray, that they called San Antonio and were talking to them. And there was a little bit of traction there, but nothing really serious because in part the, the Spurs are like, you're not getting your picks back. Um, but the other thing that was interesting that came out is I heard, you know, Trey might, might wind up there. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, no. If the Hawks decide to move Trey, this is the big thing, is that Trey's happy to stay in Atlanta. But if the Hawks were to decide to make a change, they would be open to him going to San Antonio because he could play with Victor Wembanyama. And you get Trey Young and Victor Wembanyama. That's a pretty good combination for both of those guys. Uh, Mark Stein, the Hall of Famer, reported the same this weekend. Uh, it confirmed, you know, wrote individually and reported a little bit more as well as another team that might be interested in young services. And that is the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, Trey Young, guess who's represents him, David? Is it Clutch Sports? Clutch Sports. How did you guess? I don't know. Um, it's wild shot in Carter. <laughs> but it, it, it does create a number of like really interesting questions. So the, the Lakers after the deadline made a big fuss about they're going star shopping this summer that DeJounte Murray doesn't move the needle enough for him. So they didn't want to give up the assets for him. And this summer they're going to have three whole first round picks to be able to trade, um, presumably alongside D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, though they don't want to do that deal. Donovan Mitchell is one of the names, which that's really interesting for a number of reasons. But Trey Young's the other one. And I think that one of the, the really interesting questions here is how this winds up working out with, do they add a third star next to LeBron and AD hmm. or does LeBron finish his career wherever Bronny James ends up if he's drafted and then the Lakers add this other star to put next to AD as part of the next chapter? Like that's where my brain is going is like, is this about giving LeBron a third star or is this about like AD becomes the, the veteran core star and they add Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, or whoever else. I'm really curious. It was fascinating to me to hear the Lakers um, possibly as, as a landing spot if the Hawks were to decide to trade Trey Young. I I just don't see why the Hawks would do it. I, I just don't. I, I Listen, I know you can argue about everything that, that Young does, and I'm not a huge fan of Young's overall game, but I can't deny his productivity and everything that he's able to accomplish. And he is, I mean, whatever hope Hawks fans have been able to maintain over the last few years, it's because of Trey. I think it's more incumbent on the Hawks front office to build a better team around Young rather than try to shop him and get whatever limited assets you might be able to accomplish. Like, I think the Hawks are good enough, despite the season's record. I think they've accomplished enough over the last couple of years. And the, the stint of young in, in Atlanta to say, you know what, we're, we're closer to the top than we are to the bottom. And why would we want to retool and rebuild and jumpstart everything and just change the current dynamic? Like, I think you could still get playable assets for DeJounte Murray. If you don't like that fit between those two players and build around whatever core you have now with Jalen Johnson and everything else that you've got in Atlanta, I think that's the better decision. Look, I mean, from the Lakers perspective, I think you'd want to add a player like Young to kind of revitalize and take some of the on-ball pressure from LeBron James, who's still very good, even at his age and everything else like that. So it makes a lot of sense. I, I think they'd see it as addition of a third star rather than 
replacing LeBron James because he's probably looking to play elsewhere or anything else like that. I, I Obviously, we have no idea what his intentions are, and I don't think even he knows what his intentions are at this point. Although with LeBron, you never really can tell. But from the Hawks side of things, I just don't see why you'd give up on Trey Young rather than try to make this current roster better now that you've got him, you've got Jalen, you've got other players there that can play alongside those guys there and, and make that team more into a title contender rather than just blowing it up and, and, and shipping young elsewhere. I do think that there's kind of a, and Stein, Stein reported on this, that basically there's a feeling that it, it, that one way or another, they're not both going to be there. They're going to break up that, that tandem. Fair enough. Yeah. And for me, I will say, I, I really like how DeJounte's played in Atlanta the last, yeah. I don't know, season and a half. Like, yeah. I think he's actually like made some real strides. And I will say that I don't love the identity when Trey Young is their best player and everything is built around him. And Trey's played awesome this year. Trey's defending better. Um, Trey is a magnificent passer. His shot has rebounded after a rough stretch for about a year. And to start this year, I was like, if he can't shoot, this is going to get to be a problem. It's rebounded. He's been a, a solid shooter this season. Uh, he's an all-star. I think Trey can can be the type of star that LA is looking for. I think he would be a great fit next to Victor Wembanyama. I, I do kind of think that if you're the Hawks, it's time to kind of, uh, except for a radiator flush, the fuel system flush. It's not like you just need, I think, to get a fresh start because I can't see any situation in which they're able to find the pieces to get Trey in a position. Like they have talent. If you yep. watch the Hawks, you're like, Onyeko Kongu is good. Yep. DeAndre Hunter's got is a very solid wing, and Sadiq Bey is giving them really good minutes. AJ Griffin has fallen completely out of the rotation. I don't know what he did to Quinn Snyder, but like they have guys, yeah, and it just has not worked at all. And they don't seem to be able to build any sort of momentum. So I, I think there's probably some value in them I, with the start I could over. See that? I could see that. Like I, I from that if, when you explain it like that. You know, Young has been given the reins to control everything, and that's why Nate McMillan's no longer there. That's why Lloyd Pierce is no longer there, etc. If you're looking to change things, maybe you'd have to say, you know what, we'll take not necessarily pennies on the dollar, but not not equal value because you're not going to get equal value for what Trey Young is able to bring to the table. But you might just say, look, we we handed you the keys, and you just drove us into reverse for too many years. We want to change things around a little bit, and and it, it might help Young too. Like if you send him to LA, where he has to play alongside LeBron and AD, he no longer feels that kind of the ego trip of being like, "This is my team, I can do whatever I want." No, no, you're playing on LeBron's team. You have to make those adjustments. And in San Antonio, it's not that necessarily he wouldn't be able to be the best player, at least for now, until Webanyama continues to develop. But that San Antonio is all about pop and that system. You're kind of just learning how to fit into it. So I could see that from that. That's, that's an interesting perspective there. Speaking of flushing things, uh, Mitch Kupchak for the oh, no, Charlotte sorry. Hornets was promoted to, well, not promoted. He was shifted to an advisory role. Escapes might be a good way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I really, I, I'll, I'll be completely transparent. I don't know how to judge. Jack's time with the Hornets because I don't know how much he was the problem. There are a lot of conversations about the different people that are involved in that ownership front office situation when under Jordan, and then you have the new ownership coming in and wanting their stuff installed. And so it's like, this is not surprising that they're going to install their own GM president of basketball operations. 
I would expect Steve Clifford to be let go at the end of the season. Um, and Steve Clifford, I think, is a good coach. And this team was such a cultural like instead of you hired people were kind of like you hired Steve Clifford to make this team better. And I'm kind of like, if Steve Clifford can't get this team to look like a professional basketball team, I don't know no who can. Because yeah. at least the Steve may not be able to win you a title, but Steve Clifford will have your team look like a professional team if you've got professionals on it. Yep. And they haven't looked like that. Um they're a team I think that needs a complete overhaul. They're a team I think that desperately needs to find a franchise superstar in the draft. And you're going to say, what about LaMelo Ball? And I'm going to say they're a team that desperately needs to find a franchise superstar in the draft. Now, wow. LaMelo's been hurt this season. Like, yeah. his offensive numbers when he's played are fantastic. I'm a longtime critic of his that's been out there. I'm just saying, like, how good would LaMelo Ball be? is like the number two, right? Like, but this is also probably not the draft to find that Hornets have, I'll ask you this, David, do the Hornets have the worst long-term in terms of five to seven years trajectory, most likely of any NBA franchise? No, I think they can. I think they have, you know, between Mello and Miller, sometimes all it takes is a spark and, and you never know where you'll find that. And as bad as this draft projects to be, you could get that right player who winds up taking that leap. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, as far as the long-term projections, it's di- it is difficult for me to kind of you know just see what happens because so much can change, and you never know. You could get the right free agent, you might make the right trade. Something that Mitch Kupchak wasn't able to really pull off, you know, an ownership change, a, 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 a front office adjustment, you know, all those kinds of things take place, and next thing you know, you have to create an identity. And I think it's a team kind of starving for one too. So I, I think you've got enough there. I do question whether or not, you know, we just talked about Trey Young. LaMelo kind of feels in that same category, too, where he's just he's been given too much too quickly. It hasn't exactly earned it. And I don't know if he's going to wind up making that adjustment uh, in order for him to understand how to kind of take a back seat and, and create a culture of winning or to be a part of a restart there. So I don't know. Their, their long term projection might not be great. But I'm still optimistic that they can kind of turn things around if they get the right person who's able to pull off some miraculous moves there. And we'll see who they decide uh, to take over and redirect that franchise. That's going to do it for Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Have a great day. Enjoy the games on Tuesday night. And John Corral, Shake Madison, got you there. You've got Pat, the designer, and Nick Angstat on Thursdays. And Wes Goldberg and Adam Mares on Fridays. Appreciate you guys being with us. Make sure to check out Locked On uh, NBA on YouTube, youtube.com slash Locked On NBA. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On NBA. Mm-hmm.